takeaway. If you follow Jesus in your life, you say, I'm going to be a follower of Jesus. Jesus loves you. He calls you his child, and he wants you to be a truth teller. So can you, can you speak the truth? If I say, are you a liar? You would say, I don't lie. Don't call me a liar. And I ask you, do you always tell the truth? And you go, well, no. Then you lie some. Well, not really. That's attention, isn't it? And so there are all kinds of, a thousand examples, aren't there? Sometimes you read, this guy said he had a PhD from Stanford. He didn't have a PhD from Stanford. All he has is a master's degree from some college in North Dakota. And you learn, how do, how do I trust what people tell me? Now, I'm a pastor. I've spent my whole life as a pastor. I was a pastor in Illinois at the University of Illinois. I know some ASU students are here, so I, I like, you know, I'm comfortable in the university setting. My wife was a professor for a long time, and I, I tried to figure out what was it like to get people to really tell me who they are. Now in my life, I work full-time with pastors in a small organization called Pastor to Pastor Initiatives. So my organization counsels clergy. And so it's really interesting. And just like if you've ever been to counseling, I do some of the same things with pastors. You know, I, I first question, what's going on? Pretty good question. That's where the tire hits the road. And you know what sometimes people say to me is their answer? Man, just living the dream. Living the dream, man. Well, already I don't believe them, right? Because what are people really signaling? I'm, I'm not going to tell you how I'm doing. That's what they're really saying. I've got to see if you're trustworthy. And we all do that. We all are wondering, what's it like to tell the truth? Well, in my life, about two months ago, I, I published a memoir, which I have in my hands, in my gr grimy little hands. It's called Leaving the Land of Numb. And the subtitle is A Journey to Connect My Emotional and Spiritual Lives. <clears throat> well, I'm a writer, so for about 20 years, I've written a Sunday religion column for a, a paper in a small city where I lived, Champaign-Urbana, Illinois. And so I've written hundreds of columns, but I'd never written my memoir. And I, jo I, I joined about 11 writers about a year and a half ago who wanted to tell their story. And this is what, I'm the first of the 11 to publish. I, and I was going to self-publish it, and then a little publishing company picked it up. And I brought some, and you can, you can buy it for, from me if you'd like today. But in telling your story, you have to decide, what story do I want to tell? And in the class of writers, very, some very fine writers, some who had published a bunch. And I was one of them. I published hundreds of religion columns. We asked the question, what story do you want to tell? And one guy said, well, I want to write an autobiography. And the teacher, um, it was a Mennonite couple from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, both of them accomplished writers, said, what is it you want to say? And he said, well, for example, I just want to talk about when I was a little boy, my dad and I had Cheerios every Tuesday morning. It's just a great thing. I want to tell that story. And the rest of us were like, well, okay. And the teacher kind of rang his bell. He said, you know, unless you're famous, really, a lot of people don't care that you ate Cheerios with your dad on Tuesday morning. What's the story you really want to tell? And 
It so happened that in this class of 11 writers, five dropped out over the course of the class. We mostly just wrote our stories. And it was really because they decided, I can't tell you the truth about my life. Or I'm unwilling to tell you the truth about my life. Or I'm not ready to tell the truth about my life. And you play that game all, all day, every day of your life, don't you? What am I willing to tell you? And so I say, you know, uh, hey, I just read this book. You ever read this book? And you've never read the book, but you say, oh, yeah, I've taken a look at that. Yeah, that's pretty interesting, isn't it? Even though you've never read it, you, you indicate that you have. So I'm, you're trying to decide, how do I read people? Do I let them read me? Is this relationship worth it? And you spend your whole life doing that. And there are people in your family that you love, that you may forgive, that you go on a vacation with maybe. But do you trust them with the truth? Absolutely not. Maybe they're really bad with finances and they've made all kinds of mistakes and you think, I love you, I forgive you, I wouldn't trust you with my money as far as I could throw you. It's just the way life goes, isn't it? And I have a brother like that. He's a really good guy, has a really good job. And he lives in Colorado Springs and he drives a new Mercedes. And man, this guy's a cool dude. And... He cheated my sister over money, and they never got reconciled, and she's done with him. And I told my sister, who's sweet as pie, wonderful Jesus follower, I give her the benefit of the doubt, I said, hey, I was in Colorado Springs, and I saw my brother, and we had a great, great hike. So it was really fun being with him. You know what she said on the phone? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. She's not going to let him go, is she? You decide, who am I going to trust in my life? Some people you don't trust. And at some level, you're not willing to step off the escalator of revenge. That rat cheated me. Hey, we're going on vacation. You want to go? Sure, you can come for a couple days. And everybody talks nice, but you never really tell the truth. Jesus tells the truth. And there are truth tellers in the Bible. Like when David committed Bathsheba, there's a story in the Old Testament about King, a king of Israel who committed adultery, and then he lied about it, and then he had this woman's husband murdered. I mean, he was a real rat. And finally, a prophet named Nathan confronted him and spoke the truth to him in a way he could hear, which I think is an interesting question. Who can you hear tell you the truth? Well, I can hear God. Can you hear other people tell you the truth? Well, Nathan told him this story about a little sheep, and he kind of winds the story, and it's clear that David understands the point. And Nathan finally says to him, David, you are the man. You're the man. It's you. And at what point can you hear that? Can you speak truth? Can you hear truth? And you're thinking, oh, I could never do that. I didn't come from a family of, of confronters. We don't confront that's my family. But I'm married into a family of strong confronters. And Paul says, you've got to speak the truth in love. Ooh, what a statement. Well, who's truth? Well, Jesus, if you follow him, says he's the truth. He says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. Nobody really understands God until they know that I'm the, that I'm, I'm the truth. And, of course, in this culture, 
the greatest truth, the greatest feeling you have is, let me tell you, dude, that's your truth. This is my truth. Are we cool with that? You, you have your truth, I have mine. But Jesus says he's the truth. So how do you navigate that as his follower? It's not easy. It's not easy. You, if, if you want to read a whole book of sayings about telling the truth, you could read the book of Proverbs. It's just full of sayings about speak the truth, tell the truth. If you don't tell the truth, people will finally think you're just a fool. You don't want to be a fool, do you? And you think, no, I'm going to be a truth teller. Or you read the Ten Commandments. One of those commandments is don't lie. Don't say false things about your neighbor. And have we done that? Probably all of us have done that at some point. And so I want to be a truth teller. What I really want, the word I like better than truth teller, is being real. Are you being real? So if someone were to say about me, I'll tell you one thing about Fallis. That guy is real. Ooh, that'd be a compliment to me. That guy's real. And if someone said, man, what you see is what you get. Ooh, that would, those would be sweet words, wouldn't it? And I'm sure we all know, I do, people who, you, people say, tell me about Joe. I don't know Joe. I mean, pretty well, we work together. I can't read the guy. I can't read him. I can't read her. I don't know what she's saying. She's hiding something. I don't know what it is. So we all have those kind of relationships too, don't we? And so how do we get real with people? For about 10 years in my ministry, I, did, I, I participated in a prison ministry in Illinois. And in that ministry, on Sundays, most Sundays, I would go and have a service at the prison. And it was fun. But, I mean, we would, we'd, we'd sing like this, then we might give a talk, then we'd just divide into groups. And boy, did, were people real. There's something about getting people in a place where they can't escape. And talking about Jesus, they have a chance to really be real. And, and woo! People were just authentic, and, and they chose to be. So what does it mean to speak the truth in love? I think Paul, those are words of Paul in the book of Ephesians. Speak the truth in love. When do you speak the truth? And when do you be silent? You know, when you're a kid, your, your mom, your dad, your caregiver may say, Honey, always tell the truth. Just tell the truth. And then something comes up and you say, Mom, I'm going to mention this. And your mom says, Oh, no, honey, you don't, oh, you don't have to tell people everything you know. But, Mom, her dress is so ugly. I just, I'm going to tell her, oh, don't do that. That would be the worst. So you navigate that in your life. When do I speak up? When do I tell the truth? When do I not tell people everything I know? And so maybe in your family, you, when you think about speaking the truth in love, you are a family of lovers. Maybe you are a family of truth tellers. And I'll, let me explore those with you for a second. I grew up in a family of lovers, and <clears throat> with a mom and dad, and I'm grateful for that. They were both followers of Jesus, so I'm grateful for that. But they both lived, and so did I, in the land of Numb. And in the land of Numb, everybody is just fine. How are you doing today? Just fine. Only 
If you're my dad, you do it with your arms crossed. Just fine. My dad was a businessman. And I always knew when he was uncomfortable because people if, started asking maybe personal questions. His arms would cross. And you know, what, you know what the signal is there, don't you? You're not getting in here. Don't be pressing. Don't try to, don't try to get beyond this because all I'll be is fine. Maybe you grew up in a family like that. But my family was basically lovers. And if you're lovers, it's good to be a lover. You know, like a golden retriever. They're lovers. You know those dogs? They just, they just love everybody. They'll just slobber all over you. And they'll just say, you want some more of that? Want more? You're like, give me more, give me more. But what's the weakness of that, of a lover? Lover might lie to you. You know? I might say, wow, this is Mike here, right? Mike's wearing some gray running shoes like, like I am. And I might say, Mike, those are cool shoes. Those are like the best... Man, those are like the best running shoes I may have ever seen. The best running shoes I've ever seen. This is the best day of my life. It, everything is just so great. They're not really telling you the truth. So that's the challenge of a person whose background is to just love everybody. They evade the truth. They evade it. They say, oh, oh no. And so they're just fine. Well, the strength of a truth teller is they push the truth. And you speak the truth in love. That's what we're talking about. It's two sides of the same coin. My wife grew up in truth tellers. Boy, they push the truth. What's really going on here? Hey, listen, I don't know what you're feeling, but whatever you're feeling, I need to know. And you're like, oh, man. Of course, the weak side of a truth teller or that background is a lover might lie to you. A truth teller might just be dismissive. Hey, listen, school starts at 8 o'clock. If you don't like it, that's just tough. Get your rear out the door. They just, they're dismissive. They're tempted to just really push the truth so hard, hurt your feelings, right? And I don't know, did you grow up in one or the other of those families? Speak the truth in love. And how do you, how do you intersect those? Now, in my book, I decided to tell the truth. Uh, in a way that I hadn't ever done before, publicly. And I've written a column, hundreds of columns. I like writing a column. Well, I like having done it. <laughs> writing, it's pain. But <clears throat> a number of years ago, I lost a son. And I write about that in this book because it really was part of my grieving and growing and to be more healthy. I'd never done that before. And that took some... That took some uh, that took some courage. But I decided not to write about just when I grew up, we had Cheerios on Tuesday morning. No, I didn't write that. I, wrote the, I told the truth about my life. And you can read it in my book. The other thing that... <clears throat> well, I won't, I won't go there. But anyway, truth-telling is a, is, a, is a combination of loving on the one hand and telling truth on the other hand, and putting them together. Speak the truth in love. Pilate said to Jesus, what is the truth? He'd do great in this society, wouldn't he? What's truth? Well, that's your truth. That's not mine. And we navigate that. And you see it on every level. You see it on the family level. You see it in the business world. You see it in the political level. We have an election next year. Boy, I mean, buckle up. Who knows what's going to happen? You can hardly wait, can you? Yeah. 
it's going to be really challenging. So Jesus was not afraid to tell the truth. He said to Peter, his, his apostle at one point, Peter said, you will never have to die. You'll never have to die. That will never happen to you. And what did Jesus say to him? Get behind me, Satan. Ooh, that should speak very frank. How do you reach a place where you say, I'm going to tell you the truth about you. I love you enough to tell you the truth. That's, that's, that's challenging, isn't it? And I'm, I've been married a long time. I love being married. Good marriage is a lot of hard work, but it's well worth it. I had a pastor tell me, a young pastor, he's been married about five years. <clears throat> he's seeking some counsel. And he said, you know, um, my wife and I have never fought. Isn't that amazing? And I'm thinking, as a guy who's talked with hundreds of pastors, dude, that's a lie. Uh, or you don't have a very good marriage. Good marriage is hard work, man. I fight with my wife. She's a fighter. I like that. I've learned to be in a fighter. I've learned to be a fighter. I didn't grow up in a family of fighters, but I'm pretty good at it. Not great, but, you know, speak the truth in love. Are you willing to do that? And are you willing to be revealing? Isn't that, isn't that interesting? Something happens in your life, and when you're about 50 or 40 or whatever, your mom tells you something, and you go, what? What? Who was born out of wedlock in our family? Not, what are you talking about? You never told me that? How long does it take before you're really willing to tell the truth? And uh, I'll tell you how long it takes. A long time. I see that in counseling with pastors. I had a guy tell me a couple weeks ago something that happened to him that he's never told his wife. And I was kind of aghast. I was like, wow. He's happily married, he says. And I asked him, would you ever like to tell your wife that? And you know what he said? He said, I don't know. Part of me wants to, yeah. And I said, when do you think you'll be ready to tell her? He said, I don't know. I said, would you like me to tell her? He said, no, dude. Absolutely not. Never. Truth telling. How do you speak the truth in love? And uh, it takes courage. When are you safe enough? to show that you're real. I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to tell you something about me that most people don't know. That's true in my book. I mean, I, I've told you a couple of things. There's some other things in there that are real that you could read about. I won't, I won't tell you all my sins, but a lot of them are in there. When would you say, Lord, help me to seek you first in your kingdom and be real? I want to be real. I don't want to be dishonest. That's the hardest part, isn't it, with honesty? When somebody you expected to live a certain way, all of a sudden, they deceive you. Ooh, ooh, well, that's painful, isn't it? I've, I've seen that with pastors. I mean, I, I knew a guy who had an affair, and he repented, he left the ministry, and his wife just couldn't make her peace with, it, with him, and she left him. Does that surprise me? No. Do I think it's sad? Very sad. But boy, sometimes when you make a promise, and then, then you deceive people, and, and maybe there's forgiving, forgiveness, but there's never reconciliation. Because whoever told you, just forgive and forget, was lying through her teeth. That ain't the way it works, is it? You don't ever forget. You don't forget things. 
you remember them and you ask the Holy Spirit to, re, to somehow renew your life and, and the person's life in whom, with whom you're in a relationship with and say, God, help us by your grace, by your Holy Spirit to be real people. Man, that's something about Christianity I think is terrific. Being honest and forgiving one another, you don't always get reconciliation. Not always. And with good reason sometimes. So that's my challenge to you today. I know Matt last week talked a little about don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Well, how are you going to let the Holy Spirit transform you? And uh, if someone says to you, I like you, as far as I can tell, you're real. I like real. Let's be friends. And then you start being real back and forth. And that's tough, isn't it? Okay, I'll go next. In my life, in Africa, I used to be a zebra. I've never told anybody that. You know, are you willing to be real and say, I might get hurt? That's why we aren't real. We don't want to get hurt. We've already been hurt plenty, haven't we? And what if I get hurt? What if this doesn't work out? All the what might have been, what might have been. With Jesus, he loves you. He's not going anywhere. He calls you his daughter and his son. Maybe your, your dad never called you that. Maybe he never said, I love you. Maybe your mom never did, but Jesus does. And so I think it's worth the risk to be real, to be real, to be a truth teller, to say to somebody, you might try it this week, and I'll end with this. Someone you really love, you take a risk and say, I, I just would like to tell you something. When you slam the door, it really bugs me. That would be something pretty minor. Could you, so, could you shut it more softly? I'd really like that. Are you willing to try telling somebody the truth rather than saying, dude, I can't talk to her. She bugs me. I'm not going to tell her that. I'm not going to tell him that. Truth tellers are willing to, to take a risk. <clears throat> to speak the truth in love. And uh, I love that about being a Jesus follower. I did it in my book, and I uh, hope, I'm, hope I'm willing to do it in my life. Try it this week. Who is it that you want to talk to, that you're in a pretty good relationship with, and you want to, you want to, take, you want to test, telling them the truth? Everybody needs someone to tell them the truth. Unless you're perfect. Yeah, I am perfect. Nobody ever is going to tell me what to do. Yeah, great. We're not going to be very good friends. Somebody needs you to do that, and might be, maybe you're thinking of something right now that you can do. I hope you do it for the sake of God's kingdom. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to the Life and Rhythm podcast. If you'd like to know more about Rhythm Community Church, you can go online at rhythm.community. Peace.